Somewhere in the bowels of the city that never sleeps. Kevin McCullough, radio host with Salem Media. Is a man also not sleeping. Syndicated radio talk show host Kevin McCullough. And that guy would like a word with you. Many of you know him from as Lux Trudamas. Of course that Kevin show is going to be great. The only thing that could be greater, of course, would be that Donald show. But we don't have that, so we have that Kevin show. Featuring the music of Dick Tunney and the Dream in Color Orchestra. And tonight, she's out to protect your kids to keep them from becoming stolen youth, Carol Markowitz. He catches people tripping in Times Square, Justin Awad. And no murders in the building tonight, Selena Gomez on the spotlight stage. And now, from Times Square, where Mayor Adams admitted no end in sight for his late night boogie, here's that Kevin. Well, that, that might in fact actually be true. Um, although I think what Mayor Adams was saying there was no end in sight to was the solution for the migrants coming to New York. But it's very true. Um, I had the mayor on my show just a couple of weeks ago, and all he could talk about was the nightlife of New York. So we know we know he likes to boogie. Uh, we we know he, he likes to get down. Um, but there are some other things going on, and they're and they're big, they're huge, they're important, and that's why we've got to talk about them. Welcome to the weekend, Kevin McCullough. Glad to have you with us. It is uh, very exciting. Uh, we've got a huge show for you. Let me just give you a preview. Uh, Carol Markowitz is going to be back with us tonight. She hasn't been with us since the night that she and Bethany Mandel came on to together talk to talk about their new book, Stolen Youth. But there's a brand new study that was completed this last week that is now out that if the statistics in it are true, they are devastating, shocking, and you need to stick around, particularly if you're a parent. You're going to care about this in a very significant way. So that's uh, that's that's one thing. Then a little bit later on, you know, when we go tripping in Times Square, we love to go tripping in Times Square. The tripping in Times Square guy, his name is Justin Awad. I've been trying to get him on the show forever. He's He finally agreed in his very busy uh, state of things. He's finally agreed to come on tonight. And uh, I want to ask him all about <clears throat> the lessons he's learning from these uh, folks that he's having conversations with in Times Square. Seems to me to be um, a very interesting use of his time. But has he has he learned anything in the process of all that? We'll get into that. Then tonight on the on the New Music Spotlight stage, friends, you may think of her as an actress. In fact, most people do, because a lot of the new generation doesn't know that she was a music star long before she was an actress. Selena Gomez, ladies and gentlemen, tonight, her new single, Single Soon, uh, in hour one, a little bit later on, she'll return to the spotlight stage with an encore of some delight. We'll let her pick, uh, but that uh, that coming up tonight as well. So we've got we've got a lot to get to. I'm hoping that you'll stick around uh, for a for a very very fun show. Oh, an assignment desk weekend tonight. Forget about it. Forget about it. The stories I say this all the time. They write themselves. The ludicrousness within uh, what is going on in the world today. It just it it writes itself. So that's top of the next hour. 
All right. I, I want to get into something related to what they said in the transition there about uh, the mayor getting his boogie on at night. Um, it is not normally the practice of politicians. And I just as someone who's watched it for a long time and kind of knows a thing or two, uh, it is not the normal mode of politicians to admit that they don't have a solution to a problem. But this week, Eric Adams came out and said, the migrant crisis is worse than I ever believed. Uh, and I don't see an end in sight for this. I don't see a solution for this. I can't think of anything. Now, to his credit, he's asked for help from the governor and the state Senate and the state house and uh, his own prosecutor in Manhattan. He's asked for help everywhere he can turn. But none of these people are willing to assist him. Now, he's getting upset with um, Governor Greg Abbott down in Texas, and so is the president. The president's getting really hacked off with Governor Abbott. And if you're watching in Texas tonight or, or listening, and by the way, uh, hello to Panama City, Florida. We are so excited to be on News Talk 101, uh, the, the News Talk legendary morning guy there and the great lineup, and we're just privileged to be part of that station now. Thank you, Panama City. Thank you, uh, the whole shore of uh, South Florida there, or the southern shore of Florida. It's the Panhandle area, but it's as far south as it goes where they are. Uh, anyway, glad to be with them tonight. Okay, so the, the president said this week to Governor Abbott of Texas, if you don't stop sending buses, and you can kind of hear crazy Uncle Joe, like, say, like get off my lawn, pointing his craggy finger at somebody. If you don't stop sending those buses, uh, we're we're gonna we're gonna start a new policy. We're gonna we're gonna force migrants to stay in Texas. And Governor Abbott said, huh, "Okay, do what you want. Uh, we've already done this in court. We, you'll lose again. See you there. It just you know, hat tip. See you off to court. There he goes. Now the president is getting pressure from Adams, from California." from other uh, sanctuary cities, Washington, D.C. He's getting pressure from these places because they have too many migrants to deal with. And the problem with that is that if they didn't have a policy on the record as saying we're going to welcome every migrant that walks through our door, then they wouldn't be in trouble. But because that's what they campaigned on, because that's what they promised they would do, now they're, now they're made to look like hypocrites because they're either making their base mad, which wants all migrants to come in and be given amnesty and citizenship and start voting right away, or the other side that will use it against them and say, no, you broke your promise, you, you, you didn't do what you said you would do, et cetera. They're, they're in a no-win situation. So that's why Mayor Adams is like, I don't see a solution. President Biden, you got to do something about it. And they're also trying to do this. They're also trying to say that Texas is a bad place because it's sending migrants to them. Now, let's go back to the genesis of how this all started. We didn't have these massive influx of migrants uh, three years ago because the border was closed, the border wall was being built, and the policy on allowing migrants into the U.S. was humane and legal. It is no longer humane and it is not legal. What they, what they have been doing for the last three years. So now the challenge is this. How do you deal with all of these people that keep coming? Well, Texas has a law that says it's not going to be a sanctuary for people that come illegally. If it's up to Texas 
They're going to turn everyone back to Mexico because they're going to say, unless you have your papers, unless you've gone through the process, you're not allowed to come in. We're not going to have you come in because you didn't go through the, the, the process. Now, I can hear some of the people on the left right now just <laughs> heads exploding. How dare they? How dare they? But Greg Abbott says, well, okay, so there's people in other parts of the country that disagree with us. How about if we just send them, the migrants? California is a sanctuary state. They made the whole state a sanctuary. New York City, sanctuary city, proud of it, loud, going to say it out loud. Washington, D.C., same thing. We're going to take migrants no matter who. They okay, fine, Governor Abbott says. We'll send you as many, as many, um, <laughs> as many migrants as you can handle and more because we don't have the policy. Now, friends, if you live in New York City or Washington, D.C. or the state of California tonight and you're frustrated about this, you know what you need to do? You need to write new laws, elect different people and have different policies. You ninnies keep putting the same people in charge and then they do this stuff. And now your cities are overflowing. Now your streets are crowded. Now you have higher crime rates. Now you have problems near local public schools. Stop electing the morons. Start putting people in office that actually listen to you and write laws that respect you. Until then, get used to having shipments coming your way. Because it's not their laws. It's your laws that allow it. Kevin McCullough coming right back. A huge show straight ahead. Don't turn that dial. Hi, I'm Senator Joe Biden from Delaware, and I'm here with President Harris to tell what? you What? Joe, do I look like a cackling hyena? Let's start over. Hi, I'm 45 and soon to be 47, too. Your favorite president. And we're here to congratulate... Uh, Wait, who, who are we congratulating? Joe, we've been over this. We're here to congratulate a great radio station on picking up that Kevin show Saturday nights but at 9 o'clock. I'd rather fall off my bike at Brandon Falls than tell people about that Kevin show. You know that's not a real place, right? They named it after you because you felt... Now, never mind. Wait, what? Anyway, congrats to News Talk 101 FM in Panama City, Florida. That's W-Y-O-O-F-M. Wait, Florida, but you beat me in Like Florida. a drum, baby. <laughs> like a drum. Well, that's not very nice. From New York, it's that... See, I knew it. Uh, come on, Cam. What's a few classified documents between friends? I told you. I told you all the time. I knew it. I knew he had some, too. Here he is. That Kevin. Kevin McCullough. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my next guest is no stranger to my radio audience, uh, and she has appeared once before on this program, uh, only she appeared with her co-author at the time, the uh, co-author of her latest book called Stolen Youth. She's a New, York Coast, a New York Post columnist and one of the most important voices I think that America has today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Carol Markowitz. Hi, Hello, Kevin. Carol. Thanks for having me. It's so good to have you back. Um, you've been busy. You've been out 
selling your book and it's gone really well. I mean, I, I see you popping up everywhere, but when you were writing it, did you think that the issues that are making headlines this far after its mm -hmm. release would still be as prominent as they are. I'm, I, we're going to talk about one very specifically coming up, but yeah. all of the issues that you guys covered in this book, it was like you were writing it before it actually needed to be written. But it's a really interesting question because, you know, some part of us definitely was concerned that, oh, maybe these issues will play themselves out. Um, you know, we wrote it sort of dur during the height of the pandemic. Uh, there was a paper shortage at the time. Our release date was pushed back. We definitely had issues. And so we kept thinking, like, is this still going to be relevant when it hits? And I think it couldn't have come at a better time. I think that the last, it came out in March and like the last six months have really seen an explosion of the, the conversations that we're having in the book. Um, and I, I think I know where you're going, but I'll let you ask the question. But I think that a lot of the topics that we cover have become front and center more than ever. Yeah. Well, and the reason that I, that I bring that up is that you had told me about the book before and while you were writing it. And I was kind of thinking, particularly as it pertained to the the epidemic, it's the pandemic itself, that some of that probably would play itself out. But even on those issues, Carol, you still have, as recently as two weeks ago, people in the yeah. government floating ideas of mandates and lockdowns and masks again. And this right. after... After we've basically gone through our temper tantrum after it was all over and said, never again. Right. It, you're, you know, again, you're absolutely right, because when we were writing that COVID chapter, it didn't fit with the other chapters. Other chapters sort of had solutions or strategies for families to deal with the issues that we were discussing. The COVID chapter was a little bit backwards looking, but we felt like a lot of the problems that are happening in American society really did have their roots, at least maybe maybe they didn't start in, during the COVID uh, pandemic, but they definitely were exposed during that time. So parents got to see, for example, what their kids were learning at school over their shoulder while they worked in the dining room. And that kind of thing, we felt like we had to start with COVID because it it definitely launched some of the things, some of the themes in the book. I think wokeness really exploded during COVID, during the, that 2020 George Floyd summer, you know, where everyone on my block in Park Slope, Brooklyn, put up a defund police sign, of, you know, of their $4 million brownstones. So a lot of it did start there, but then a lot of it was just exposed. It turned out that our schools were run by, you know, crazy people. <laughs> and I think that we didn't really know that before. I think that that was something that we only really learned during that time. Well, it's interesting because in 2022, everybody complained about the red wave not exhibiting itself. And certainly in the Senate race, mm -hmm. the Republicans didn't take that House back, but they did win the House back. Uh, they did okay in some other contests across the uh, country, but where they really, really did well was on school board elections across the country. 50 yeah. of the biggest, most important school districts swapped out crazies for everyday moms and dads that right. actually cared about things. And I'm just curious, Carol, as we're, we're approaching the next election cycle, do you see these moms and dads, but a, a lot of the groups uh, are organized for moms, do you see these groups gaining momentum going into 2024, maintaining what they have now, or have they lessened at all? I think those groups are doing fantastic. And you can tell because uh, the groups on the left are attacking them with such vile language. Oh, it's, it's groups, a fury. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like Moms for Liberty or Parents Defending Education, a group in which I'm on their board, which I, you know, I think they're doing fantastic work. Uh, both groups are, I think, so effective that you have the Southern Poverty Law Center having to turn them into white supremacy groups. <laughs> and I think that's a joke. It's an actual joke. Um, and I think that, you know, one thing is, you know, you mentioned the, the, the midterms. One thing is that a lot of the candidates that lost did not run on issues like this. They did not run on um, having school choice or on fighting for our public schools, you know, two things that I think need to go hand in hand. And a lot of them didn't run on holding accountability for the COVID time and saying like, who was responsible for the school closures? Like why, why did that happen for so long in America? So I think a lot of the campaigns that we saw go down did not touch on these issues that are continue to be so important. I think the, the groups that you mentioned are more effective than ever and they're fighting some really important battles i think the porn and school libraries battle is one that maybe we wouldn't have even known about if it wasn't for groups like these how many and times is it going to take a parent reading from a book that's in their own library getting kicked out of the school board meeting for being inappropriate before yeah. parents wake up and go wait a minute they're 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 feeding they're force feeding this to our kids that's right. You know, earlier this week, I posted um, a, a spreadsheet from a Greenwich, Connecticut mom who went through all the books in her child's school library and went through what her objections were. So it wasn't like, oh, she wants to ban, you know, Alice Walker. It wasn't like, oh, she just wants to ban this book. She was like, here, here are the chapters that I, here are the, the specific words or images that I don't think are appropriate for children. And so it, it forces the left, if they had any accountability, if anybody held them accountable, to say, well, I'm okay with this. I'm okay with this, you know, pornographic um, uh, book, or maybe just I'm okay with this uh, chapter on a very graphic rape that exists in a lot of books. Um, a lot of the books featured in that in that chart. But that's what parents need to do. They need to put the, the left on their defensive and say, look, here's what we object to. Which of this do you find okay? Yeah. Well, it's uh, the the book is fantastic. Stolen Youth is the name of it. Uh, Bethany Mandel is the co-writer for um, the book, and Carol, of course, um, Carol and Bethany are both longtime contributors to my radio work and have been writing about things uh, concerning their children for many, many years. And in some ways, Carol, you you alluded to this earlier, but I just want to really emphasize it. These were issues that were already becoming problematic before COVID. Right. And had parents been as awake as they right. became during COVID, they probably would have addressed them earlier. Yeah. And look, I'm a very politically active person. I'm very involved in my children's life. But, you know, had you told me before COVID, hey, there's a bunch of pornographic books in your kid's school library, I would have said, what? That's crazy, Kevin. Why Why would anybody do that? Um, and so I, I think that something like that, for example, was exposed. And I, I just, I would have never thought that. Another thing is, um, as we mentioned in the book, the teachers' colleges have been completely ideologically captured. They're using Marxist textbooks to teach the teachers. So we have a situation where you, if you feel confident, I live in a red state, I live in Florida, as you know, if you feel confident that, oh, I live in a red state, this doesn't bother me, uh, which by the way, is an idea that I came across a lot during this book tour. Like, oh, this is this is not part of my problem. I, I live in a red state, I live in a red town. This is all coming for you because the teachers colleges, then the teachers go throughout the country and teach the kids all over the place. And I have lots of examples of red enclaves having these problems. COVID made me see a lot of things clearer and made me look at, you know, conspiracy theories maybe a little bit differently. Well, there's no doubt that uh, you're getting the word out now. Again, Stolen Youth is the book. We're coming right back from Times Square with Carol Markowitz. Stay with us.
Ready or not, he'll be right back. So glad to have Carol Markowitz uh, back on That Kevin Show, and I hope that uh, you're um, with us every week at the same time. With Hour two tonight, we have got a stitch. I, I don't know if you've followed Justin Awad is his name uh, on Instagram. If you're watching tonight, if you've been watching our Times Square Trippin segments, he's the kid that does all of these. Uh, what is he learning from just interviewing everyday people in Times Square? We're, we're going to have some fun with him uh, in hour two. But uh, we continue with Carol Markowitz. Stolen Youth is the book. She co-wrote it with Bethany Mandel, two of my favorite people on planet Earth. And Carol, this week there was a story that was published that indicated that last year of the 48,000 uh, gender transition surgeries that were done in the country, nearly 4,000 of them were done on children. Yeah. Um, these are, and I, and I mean, young people, not, not, you know, just barely legal, uh, right. but we're talking about, uh, kids prepubescent to teenage years, uh, that had surgeries done. I don't know of, a, of an area of your book that was more important, uh, in terms of addressing some of the issues that we are facing, but when it comes to parents' rights, when it comes to what school districts have, have tried to do and, California and Washington state and in Michigan criminalizing basically uh, parents knowing if the school district is going to try to transition your child uh, and not tell you uh, we are right. starting to get a couple of court cases that have kind of pushed back on this, but there's yeah. a long way to go on this because the, the Biden administration has not backed off and they were really the ones that kind of instigated all of this. Mm -hmm. But on this specific issue, one uh, one tenth of uh, of all of the surgeries being done on children. What does that say to you? How do, how, do, how do you react to that? It's really an epidemic of this kind of thing. And I have to tell you that that chapter in our book really um, made that book difficult to publish, even among conservative publishers. Again, in 2023, it might, you know, it might be a given that this is a topic that conservatives talk about. But when we were pitching this book in like 2021, um, Amazon was pulling books like uh, Ryan Anderson's, you know, When Harry Became Sally book off of their shelves. They, they were no longer selling it. They were threatening to pull Abigail Schreier's book. Um, you know, she had the really the seminal book on this kind of thing. And the publishers were, were worried. And so Bethany and I really found pushback. We had publishers tell us like we could, you know, we were interested in this book, but maybe cutting this chapter um, and we wouldn't do that. So it was a, a challenging thing for us to have to fight this battle, even on the right. But right is right. And the the right thing to do is to speak out about what is being done to children. And I don't think that that should be a difficult call for anybody. Um, the idea that 10% of these surgeries are happening to minors is sickening. And look, I have three kids. I know the phases that they go through. I had a son who was Batman one year and Kylo Ren the next year. And if you called him anything else, he'd start crying. Like, I remember this. I remember that, you know, the shift in personalities. I am Batman. I'm Kylo Ren. And it's like, you know, he's three years old and doesn't know what he wants. So I didn't get him any permanent Batman surgery because that's not what parents do. 
And I feel for the parents that have kids going through issues that are kept in the dark and their schools keep secrets from the parents. That should never be the case. And in, you know, in places like Florida and places like Iowa and other places, they're making sure that that doesn't happen. And I think that's the right you know path forward. There's also a degree of malfeasance in the entire uh, mental health uh, field on this oh, issue. Yeah. Because we used to just say if a child had issues of some sort, you would try to work on those issues as they presented themselves with the symptoms that they had. And you would deal with the dysfunction yeah. as it appeared on right. the basis of what the substance was. In, in many of these cases, the idea that a, a child who's struggling with mental health goes and talks to a counselor, uh, convinces the parents that they, they need to pursue this, this entire life change Right. It's like the left, and I and this is all a creation of the left, but it's like they don't like children. They want to abort them. They want to change them. They want to turn them against their parents. They want to do everything they can to use them as some sort of pawn for their agenda, but it's never invested in finding what's best for the kid. I mean, I, you just really summed up the the, the crux of our book, um, and they do it through forced conformity, which is a big part of it. Um, yeah. So if you go to a psychologist, they only have one prescription for your gender confused child. There is no other option. It's only one way. And, and here's like, an idea. Why not yeah. help them be comfortable with the gender of the biological sex that they are instead of trying right. to force them to become comfortable with the yeah. opposite one? Well, it's so anyway. funny because it butts up against the other liberal idea of body positivity. No matter what size you are, right. you're perfect. And so you're perfect no matter what size you are, but you're not perfect in the body you were born in. Uh, which is it? Well, she's Carol Markowitz. The book is Stolen Youth. Carol, come back and see us again soon. Thank, Thank you, you for being with us. So tonight. nice to see you. You too. Uh, coming right back live from Times Square. Don't go away. Ready or not, you'll be right back. Back to that Kevin show with Kevin McCullough. Very good to have you with us uh, on the weekend. Thank you for spending it with us. Uh, and again, a big thanks to those of you listening in the Panama City, Florida region, the entire coast there. Um, and it, it's a crazy good signal. Uh, love our new friends there uh, and your legendary morning man and the entire team. Uh, but uh, News Talk 101 uh, right there in Panama City. Great, great friends and so honored to be part of the lineup there now. Uh, thank you uh, for joining us. We've got a lot to get to, and I, I'm going to want you to be here every weekend because we're going to we're going to go behind the scenes on the presidential uh, campaign. Uh, Decision 24 is going to be the most important presidential election of our lifetime. Uh, there, there's never been more at stake in terms of what the candidates need to be saying and what they need to be about. Um, and we're seeing that play out in the headlines already. You know what what. What is happening, what isn't happening, and how, you know, overtly political the Justice Department has become, uh, et cetera. So there's, there's, a lot, there's a lot that we're going to be uh, delving into. But we're also going to have some, some uh, moments of giggles, and I hope that you'll join us because we, we do. We, we love having fun. And in the next hour, uh, we're going to have Justin Awad with us, who is, uh, if, you've, if you're familiar with our Times Square Trippin' segments, he is the he is the brainchild behind that, and what he's learning from talking to people about 
current events, history, math, <laughs> any number of things that he's picking up on. Uh, I hope that you'll uh, join us next hour, but join us all throughout the fall as well. It's going to be it's just going to be a ton of fun. Now, something else that I think is going to be really fun, and you're probably going to kick yourself if you miss the opportunity on this. Um, tonight, I want you to, to write down this website, thatkevintour.com, thatkevintour.com. Uh, what is the tour that Kevin is going to go on? Uh, we're inviting you to join us. Now, I've only got just under three dozen seats left on this on this uh, opportunity. And um, th this this is expected to sell out. And then there's going to be a waiting list for people that want to go, that, but they can't. Um, my partner, my travel partner, Go Colette, has, um, they have already booked thousands of, of seats on trips similar to this for this coming year, because it is the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe via the D-Day invasion at Normandy. And that's significant, as you know, because um, had we not been successful there, most of Europe would still be speaking German today. And that's not an exaggeration. Uh, but here's the, here's the kind of interesting thing about this. In the moments leading up to D-Day, the invasion, the, the liberation was, was anything but sure. Uh, Eisenhower had doubts. Churchill had doubts. There were questions about the plans. The weather wasn't cooperating. They stopped and started. There, there, was, there, there were so many different factors that could have gone worse, and they did not go very well as it, as it were. Um, we had hoped to have paratroopers drop in and take out the guns at the tops of the cliffs um, before the, the troops started arriving, but that didn't happen. And uh, we, we had a big loss of life. But let me tell you what's gonna happen next year. In the month of June, June 28th through July 8th, I think, something like that, um, we, we have got a private group that is going to retrace the steps of those heroes. So we will start actually in London uh, looking at Churchill and Eisenhower's final hours, what they were concerned about, what their plans were, etc. We'll go to Portsmouth, uh, uh, UK, and we will uh, spend a night there kind of understanding what the conditions were before the, the, the launch was done. The next morning, we will take um, a ferry across the channel, uh, the same kind of path that the, that the, the heroes took. And then when we get to Normandy, obviously we won't be under gunfire, but we will see the massive challenge that it was uh, to go into these cliffs, which are almost straight up in some parts, uh, and to try to uh, over overwhelm that beach and to take down the uh, the forces of evil. Uh, but in addition to that, then for the next couple of days, we're going to spend time in the French countryside there around Normandy, and we'll visit most of the memorials. But on July 4th, and this is going to be very special, on July 4th, we will commemorate our American heroes at the American burial ground where thousands of young boys from the States uh, have found their, their final resting place. And we will, on July 4th, Americans Independence Day, celebrate and give thanks for the freedoms that we have at the American uh, memorial uh, there in um, Normandy, France. It's going to be a beautiful opportunity, and I would love for you to go with us and to experience it for yourself. Then after a couple of days there, we head on down to Paris. 
where we will uh, experience what the uh, the liberation of the city of light was all about. And then before we before we return back to the states, we're going to end the uh, the entire time together with a wonderful dinner cruise through the heart of Paris on the Seine, the Seine River, uh, gourmet food, white tablecloth, white glove treatment. It's going to be beautiful. And this can all be yours. You can do this with us and celebrate the 80th anniversary of the liberation of Europe um, next year over the time uh, that will be so special. So would you please, would you please go to that website, thatkevintour.com, thatkevintour.com. And if you would like to call for more information, here's the number to do that with, 800-581-8942, 800-581-8942, and, um, Ask about securing your seat. You don't have to pay the full amount up front. They have payment plans. But if you put some down, you'll be able to hold your seat. But you're going to want to do that because these are going to go fast. And we we do not want to um, leave you behind if you're desiring to be with us. 1-800-581-8942 is the number. 5818942 or go to thatkevintour.com you can actually see the agenda uh in all the places we're going to visit if you go to thatkevintour.com it'll take you directly to an itinerary for the trip it's just going to be one of the most beautiful things you'll ever participate in and i'm really hoping that you will spend the time with us 800-581-8942 800-581-8942 or thatkevintour dot com that kevin tour.com uh, for all the information and you can even leave your deposit uh, through the website i believe as well uh, it makes it easier that way uh, in um, in all regards 800-581-8942 800-581-8942 only 32 seats left we've already had about 12 spoken for that kevin tour.com coming right back ready or not we'll be right back Serving it up with a no-drink minimum. It's that Kevin show. Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the New Music Spotlight stage on her own, welcome Selena Gomez. Never worried about boyfriends at Should I do it on the phone? Should I leave a little note in the pocket of his coat? Yeah, maybe I'll just disappear. I don't want to see a tear and the weekend's almost here. I'm picking out this dress, trying on these shoes, cause I'll be single soon. I'll be single soon. I know he'll be a mess. When I break the news, but I'll be single soon. I'll be single soon. I'ma take who I wanna, stay awake if I wanna. I'ma do what I wanna do. I'm picking out this dress, trying on these shoes, 'cause I'll be single soon. I'll be single soon. I know I'm a little high maintenance, but I'm. To try, might not give a reason why. Oh well, we both had a lot of fun. Time to find another one, blame it on feeling 
I'm picking up this dress, trying on these shoes, cause I'll be single soon, I'll be single soon, I know he'll be a mess, when I break the news, but I'll be single soon, I'll be single soon, I'm gonna take a next <laughs> kind of the ultimate question isn't it uh, you know she's she's more famous now for her acting than she is for uh, her music which is kind of crazy to believe because she made such a big um, impression when she hit the hit stage to stardom years ago as a singer of course she uh, dated mr. Bieber and had all those legendary uh, battles with uh, his now wife, but uh, Selena Gomez, our guest tonight on the Music Spotlight stage. Hey, get the soundtrack. Search hashtag New Music Spotlight on Spotify or Apple Music. 